Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to season five of the Pet Photographers Club. It is Caitlin from Ragamuffin Pet Photography and it is good to be back. We missed you. Um, We've been busy recording lots of interviews since the end of season four. So we've already got a bunch of content lined up and ready for you as we head into 2020. Um, 2020, still wrapping my head around the fact that we're in this whole new decade. I don't know how many of you guys feel the same way as I do. It kind of feels like there's something a little bit magical about 2020. There's a there's a vibe in the air. I think it's because, um, for me anyway, it feels like kind of an auspicious number and that combined with that new year feel, it's had me feeling extra positive and motivated this January, which is really exciting. It's a big year ahead of me, to be honest, full of lots of different changes. Like on a personal level, I'm getting married in April. So balancing wedding planning and business has been like this whole other ballpark of organization. You would probably not be surprised at all to see my spreadsheets for the wedding. It's very, very Caitlin. And then professionally, there are a few big changes and upcoming projects that I'm really excited about. Like we've got some big, um, well, not big, but lots of little changes that we're doing at the Pet Photographers Club, which I'll chat to you guys about in a minute. And then I'm also been working on my automation bootcamp for pet photographers or for photographers in general, actually. Um, that's due to be released at the end of Feb. So I'll pop a link in the show notes. If that's something that you're interested in and you want to like learn more about it when it does come out, I'm sure I'll tell you guys anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of coming towards the end of, uh, of putting that together. I've been working on it for about a year now, so I'm pretty excited for it to be released. Um, it's jam packed with everything that I've learned over the past decade about automation and organizing for photography businesses. So it's, it's geeky, but it's important stuff. Um, the pet photographer of the year competition is coming back in 2020 bigger, better than before. We're already working on organizing that for later this year. So it's likely to be open in July again, but definitely not too early to start looking through your portfolio or shooting new work to submit. Um, there was so, so many submissions last year and I really predict that there's going to be even more this year. There are going to be the same categories as last year's competition. So if you want to get like some inspiration, you can head over to the website. It's the pet photographers club.com forward slash awards. And um, yeah, get inspired. Start thinking about what you want to do there. You've got to be in it to win it. And it's a free competition still. Um, And yeah, the Pet Photographers Club. So Kirsten and I have been brainstorming on how to add some more value to our um, the members of the Pet Photographers Club. So starting from season five, we've been recording extra members only content for every interview. So don't worry if you're not a member, we're still releasing the free interviews. So you can listen to that on iTunes, Stitcher, the website, but we wanted to record this extra content. So if you're listening to a guest and you really want to hear more, like you're thirsty for a little bit more information from them, you want to hear more of their story, then you can have that option to dive in deeper with the bonus um, interview content. Speaking of diving deeper, nice little segue there, Caitlin. Um, our deep dive videos for members are going to switch it up a bit there too. So rather than doing those short videos every fortnight, we're going to switch to doing a longer video once a month and we're going to keep those to live. So if you are a member, um, you can watch them live or you can watch the video later on up to you guys. But by doing these longer ones, 
and having hopefully having a set day so that we can sort of give you more of a heads up that we're we're going to do them so they're more scheduled that's our goal um and then yeah finally if you are a member you can ask our guests questions now so keep an eye out in the facebook group we'll let you know whenever we've got an upcoming interview scheduled so if you have any specific questions that you want to ask that guest you can just leave them in the group and we'll give you a little shout out and we'll read your question um and then that way you can have it answered so yeah that's that's a little sum up of what we've been working on between season four and season five certainly we don't i mean we disappear but we're busy working behind the scenes so we can get all of season five ready and together for you guys um would love to hear your goals for 2020 you probably know I'm a big fan of goal making list making in general so I want to hear all about them leave a comment in the group or on our Instagram and we can get inspired together now without any further ado let us head into season five episode one of the pet photographers club enjoy guys hello and welcome to the show I'm Kirsty of bits of Bernard photography and I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. Welcome to Season 5 of the Pet Photographers Podcast. We first stumbled across the beautiful work of today's guest when she won the Pets and Their People category in the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards this year. She specializes in a fine art approach to natural light pet photography. She also teaches other photographers how to create that creamy post-processing style with her own editing workshops. It is the talented Machin. Heidstra. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it's my best attempt um, of Heidstra photography. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If you don't mind, we might get you to give us a nice little um, introduction into your business, when you got started, and um, yeah, what pet photography looks like for you. No, I can I can start. It um, my uh, journey into photography started when I was, I guess, a teenager, uh, because I um, well, I love nature. I love animals. It's in my blood. I can't live without it. So when I was a teenager, I saw so many beautiful things outside that I would love to take it home. You know, just to have it close to me to look at it and take it home. So I thought I can do that when I make pictures. So that's how I started with uh, photography. I did some nature uh, photography, landscape photography, and took the beautiful things I saw outside with me at home. So that was also, that was great. And I, um, I learned my technique. I did workshops with uh, uh, now a famous landscape photographer here in Holland. Uh, uh, his name is Bas Meoker. And I did a lot of workshops uh, um, with him and he taught me the technique of photographing. But the most important thing he taught me was uh, to create um, a mood in a photo. So not just registrate the subject, you know, like you see a, a Scottish Highlander and you can take a picture of just the Scottish Highlander. It can be very, very mm -hmm. beautiful. But the, what he taught me was uh, give the photo the mood the emotion the well the the atmosphere so um and that was a change for me in how i took my pictures and um well it taught me a lot and still in my uh, work uh, nowadays i still try to give the photo the mood to make it uh, give an emotion, give it a, a, an atmosphere just to feel something when you see the picture and not only the subject. 
that is on the picture. And um, so that's how it all started. I did a long time just only na nature and just for myself and enjoying it for myself. And I created a website so people could look at it. And that was just, you know, no income, just doing uh, uh, photography as, as a real hobby. And um, then all of a sudden, I had friends who were getting married. And they asked me to uh, take pictures at their wedding. And I said yes, and it was the first time I did uh, a wedding just for friends. But uh, he uh, drove old cars, and he also was uh, a driver at weddings. People asked him uh, to be a wedding driver with his old cars. And then he met people who did not have a photographer yet for their weddings. Mm -hmm. So he recommended me. And all of a sudden, I was doing wedding uh, photography and uh, I did portraits, I did love shoots, I did some studio work, so I went the other way. And um, uh, I did that for a long time, and then I realized it was not giving me anything. It cost me a ton of energy because with people, you constantly have to tell them um, what to do. You try to relax them, you try to make it spontaneous with your questions and your jokes. And so you have to put a lot into it to get the people spontaneous on your picture. But my experience is that people are always aware of you. They are always aware of the camera, no matter how hard you try to relax them. Um, just, they just, just know that the camera is there. So um, um, it was nice to do. We had a lot of fun, but it did not give me any energy. It just drained a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I realized that I did it about a couple, I think about two or three years, and then I realized, okay, uh, when was the last time I took a picture of a beautiful landscape? Um, and that was a very long time ago. And then I thought, this is not right. I'm losing myself. I'm doing things. I'm learning the technique, though. You know, I, I did learn a lot with the technique of phot photographing, and I earned money with it, so I could buy new lenses, and that was all great. But I didn't feel it. It. I just mm -hmm. didn't feel it. So I thought this is not the good way. I have to stop doing this because it's not what I. Uh, it's not for me. And um, so that's when I stopped uh, taking those pictures and I just went back to photographing nature just for myself and just enjoying well, the passion of, of making photos and, and enjoying nature. And um, But then, six years ago, <laughs> six years ago, there came a dog into my life and that is Storm. And he is a, a Friese Wetterhund. Uh, I say it in Dutch because it's a Dutch breed. And all of a sudden, Storm was in all my landscape photos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, people uh, started uh, asking me, friends and people here who live in my village, if I could make pictures of their dog. And I said, of course, yes, let's try, let's do it. And I made pictures of their dog. And um, I thought, well, this is great. I enjoyed it so much. I, it gave me so much energy. And it was a combination that just was right. It was nature. It was animals. Well, makes me happy. Makes me very, very happy. So I uh, thought, you know, I have to uh, um, do this more. Maybe try to get a portfolio. And I started to ask people if I could photograph the dog for free, 
just for my portfolio and for experience to learn because it's a, a totally different way of taking pictures when there is a dog involved. For me, I, I photograph mostly dogs and uh, horses and their owners. So that's mostly my uh, my work. And that's how uh, it, it just started. And I don't know how and I don't know how, how long it went, but all of a sudden I... Um, I make pictures of dogs and, and people pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just, um, and you know, it's something I do with so much passion. I just, I can't, uh, I can't live without, you know, if I have the last weeks, there was a whole lot of rain, bad weather here in Holland. And there were three weeks that I had to uh, um, uh, postpone uh, uh, shoots. My telephone is going, well, let it be. Mm -hmm. And um, so about three weeks, I did not do a shoot. And, you know, I really, really, um, it makes me sad. It makes me grumpy. I just, I just need it. I need it. I need to meet other dogs. I need to uh, um, meet other dog owners and, and make beautiful pictures of their dogs. So, um and and that's just how it, how it got started. It's a yeah. Lot. I think you can see you can see that passion that you have come through in the portraits that you create. They have a lot of. When you were talking earlier about the landscape photographer who taught you how to add mood and atmosphere to your images, I can see that translate in your pet portraiture as well. They have a real feel to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, let me get specific here. Do you have any tips for pet photographers looking to capture that, looking to capture a mood or looking to capture an atmosphere? What is it that you set out to do that does that in the um, end portraits? Well, you know, first of all, I think you have to love nature and you have to love the subject that you are taking pictures of. You know, when your heart is there, and that's my belief, when your heart is there, then um, you don't even have to think about it because you feel it and then you make the picture. So, um, of course, if you want to talk technically, I check the lightning and the composition. So that's important for me. I need depth in the in the picture, you know, no... Um, I need space uh, behind the subject so that it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it can be creamy, so not too much branches or trees or, or, or whatever. It has to be calm, the, the place where you, you put the dog, you know, the composition has to be calm. And um, I think, you know, the most important thing to get the feeling in the picture is when you feel it yourself and when you um, allow the dog to be itself. You know, I, I hate pressure. I hate... Uh, doing, uh, putting the dog on the force to, to stand or to sit still, even if you see that he doesn't want to, even if you see that he gives signals that he is tensed, but you, he has to sit because you're not ready yet. You know, I, I give the dog a whole lot of space just uh, to walk away, to sniff around. Even if it takes a long time, I really don't care because the moment will be there. And sometimes I, the dogs uh, uh, are not so well trained, so they are completely having their own plan. I love that. <laughs> and then I just <laughs> I, I take my camera, I have my 7200, and I will follow. I'll follow the dog and, and um, I'll just catch the mood when it's there. You know, you have to constantly be alert of what is happening and just follow and be relaxed and breathe and follow the dog and let him do his own thing. And that's I saw on your website that um, you say you typically allow, you know, an hour and a half. It might take two hours for an on-location yeah. um, yeah. session. So that makes sense. And if your approach is that sort of 
more relaxed. Yeah. Um, how do you go about managing client expectations when it comes to the dog not having to perform straight away? Do you struggle with that, with having clients be like, oh, no, they have to sit and blah, blah, blah? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Maybe, sometimes you're even the most busy with, with calming and relaxing the owners than you are. <laughs> you are. No, that's true. But at the beginning when people are, um, uh, are booking, then I have a, um, uh, um, a, a writing, a, a PDF. Uh, well, it's more like an ebook even. But um, from the beginning to the end, I have uh, written down what they can expect, how they can prepare, and uh, especially how I uh, approach the dog. You know, what is my vision about how you should approach a dog? And that's in the writing. So they can uh, prepare and see what is um, what are my boundaries, my values, what I think, I think it's important. And when I start the shoot, I always... Um, uh, talk about that. I always say to, to the owner, just let it be, enjoy this moment, because that's one of the most important things uh, that I think is also um, I want to create in a photo shoot. It's of course, the pictures are important. You are there to make the beautiful pictures and the owner booked you because they want the beautiful pictures of their dog. But I also uh, try to make the experience, the photo shoot an experience for them to um, make it a moment that they are together with their dog, to, to be um, enjoying their dog, even and to see how beautiful he is, even to see how naughty he is on his own doggy way. Just, you know, enjoy and be relaxed and let him be. Just let him be a dog. And so I always uh, say at the beginning of the shoot um, that they, the dog can do whatever he wants, and that's okay with me. Even if they approach me and they want to jump on me, it's okay. My clothes are... Uh, baggy so it may it can be dirty uh if they want to sniff my photo bag if i want to sniff my camera please let them they have to get their information to know that it's okay so they can trust me so mm -hmm. i try to make the owner understand that that is okay and if i see that the owner gets a bit nervous if the dog's not doing what it's doing i just say immediately oh let him be come on just play something you know uh, um uh, or take a little stroll or let the dog sniff it's okay and i just chit chat and i make a joke and well just let the owner know that that really i'm relaxed under it and and i appreciate a dog who is being uh, itself because that's what gives the right picture. That's what makes that the picture is showing the dog the way he is. That makes that the owner maybe even get emotional when they see the photo because they say, mm. oh, yes, that's my dog. And that's what I want. And if you force a dog into something that he really does not want to do, then the picture is going to be crap because you're going to see stress on the dog. So get the owner relaxed and make them understand, please enjoy your dog, even if he's naughty, even if he... Because naughty, he is not even naughty. He is just being himself and being a dog. It's just how we yeah. look at them. You mentioned making it, you know, an experience, an afternoon or a morning experience for your clients with the dog. Now, in terms of, um, you know, where you're going for an hour and a half, two hours, and also obviously the location is really important for the type of mood that you're creating. Do you have your own list of locations that you recommend or are you letting your clients pick? Right? Well, mostly it's it's my own locations, and but sometimes the clients pick because it's better for the dog. Him, sometimes the dog is just not doing so well in a, in a strange uh, environment. Um, then I always ask the where it's going to be and I try to um, be there uh, um, before to, so I can check it out. 
that's what I always try. Or I try to explain to the owner what I need. And if they think that location is um, uh, having those opportunities. But most of the time, it's, it's, um, they come to me. Or it's mm-hmm. in places they I, I already know. So uh, I live here in a in a, um, uh, a beautiful environment. So it's my backyard. So most of the time, uh, people are coming uh, uh, to my place. And but with, with horses, it's it's difficult. Most of the time, I go on loca- on location if I'm uh, shooting the horses. And um, you know, I just try to explain to the owners what I need. And if I doubt or if I'm insecure about, okay, I don't know, is it going to be okay? Then I just I drive there and I see before before I go for the shoot. I, I just check the location. Uh, right, that makes sense. Yeah, I just want to jump back a little minute to when you were talking about um, making sure that the dog is relaxed, and the best way to do that is to let the owner be relaxed as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, we did see that you are actually a um, trained animal masseur. Um, yeah. So these things must go hand in hand, I would think, being able to read um, the animal so well. Also, you're a natural animal lover. Um, <laughs> so what came first, um, photography or the um, the massage no, the photography. The photography came photography. first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I did, um, when my dog uh, came six years ago, I um, got in contact with the dog massage and I did the, the, the professional uh, training. And that's the, in that training, I learned so much about dogs. Uh, and before, you know, I, all the things I know right now about dogs, I did not know when, when our storm came into our lives. So when I did the training, uh, it opened a whole new world. And, um, you know, you can't give a dog a massage and we, we, we massage them because they have behavioral problems or because they have physical problems. And if you uh, give a dog a massage, you, you have to know what the dog is saying. You have to be able to read their, uh, uh, their signals to communicate with the dog because, Dogs are constantly communicating with us, but it's sometimes very subtle, so you have to be able to see that. And um, if you can't read that, then with your massage, you're going over your boundaries, and there's no trust, so the dog can never relax. So I mm-hmm. learned by uh, um, doing the training for uh, giving the dog a dog massage to, to read the dog and to um, stay uh, within his boundaries, not to go over those boundaries, never, ever go mm. over their boundaries. And uh, that helped me a lot. It helped me to understand the dog also to be, I am, uh, um, originally I'm a nurse. I'm used to be in contact with people, to talk to people. I'm a social nurse. So I, um, I know how to handle the owner. Um, uh, but doing the uh, training I did, I also know how to handle the dog and to, um, to read the dog and to see when the dog is in tension, when he needs space, when, uh, when there is a, a boundary of when he is, is scared of something, then I, I immediately quit and let the dog mm-hmm. do his own thing, make him relax, make him sniff around because sniffing is very good for a dog. It makes it's a form of stress release. And then he comes back, he will come back. And if he doesn't come back, then I will follow. I will follow quietly and, and watch if there is a moment. And of course, sometimes I have pictures in my head. Oh, I wish this would work out. I wish this would work out with such a beautiful dog. But if it doesn't work out, it's okay. Still, you can catch the moments and still you, you'll get the nice uh, pictures that will the owner will love. 
And that really shows through in your work for sure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's important for me to hear because that's what I want. So it's, 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 a, it's a huge compliment. Thank you. Now, speaking of, um, you know, capture, you, you, having the goal to capture the images that ultimately the client is going to respond to and love, mm-hmm. I do want to chat to you a bit about um, your process after a session, you know, sort of what products you're selling, um, that sort of client process. We will take a break here for our listeners. So if you're listening to the free podcast on iTunes, you can continue listening to the rest of this episode through the members group on Facebook. Um, if you're not a member yet, you can just join online. It's the petphotographersclub.com forward slash join. And you can also listen to the rest of this episode online. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes and keep up to date. Head to thepetphotographersclub.com.